Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Colby. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. What's going on, everyone? It's the Posting Up Podcast. We're back here on a Saturday. Filling in for King Zay, I got Steve Risser with me, and as always, Sean Scanlon. We also have Big Jace Garcia here with us, too, our producer. How are we doing today, guys? Very good. Doing good. How are you, boys? Good, good. Thank you for asking. So we got we got some fun things here to talk about today. Um, you know, uh, obviously, there's a lot going down still in the NBA with COVID, but We've been going over that a lot lately, so we're gonna kind of stray away from that for for at least today. <laughs> Who knows what it'll be like by come um come Tuesday, our next show. But I wanted to get right in. Obviously, coming off of one of the biggest trades of the NBA season, and uh, to recent memory, at least according to me, uh, James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets. I wanted to know. There's there's a lot of players in this league that I feel can be traded to championship contenders. Is there a certain player for any one of you guys that really fits that mold that would make a great trade candidate for a championship contender this year? Uh, we'll start with you, Steve. I would say Bradley Beal because it looks like the Wizards are going nowhere. They're 3-8. and eight. And you look at teams like the Heat and you look at teams like the Sixers, they would love to have that shooting guard on their team. I mean, you look at a team like the Sixers, I mean, Ben Simmons, he can't shoot threes. Joel Embiid, he can't shoot threes. You don't want to rely on Tobias Harris to be your three-point shooter. So Bradley Beal would be a great fit. For the for for that team, even if they have to if they, if they have to trade Ben Simmons, I would trade Ben Simmons right now for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's averaging over thirty points a game. He's on a really he's a, I mean, yeah, the team doesn't win, but he's on a really bad team. I'd like to see Bradley Beal go to a championship contender. I yeah, I agree with that one. Um, I think Bradley Beal makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think a team like the Mavs makes a lot of sense for him too. Um, I think pairing him with Luca would be uh, great for the offense. I oh, think obviously Luca and Porzingis would be great. 
That's yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, that offense would be unstoppable, and I think uh, Luca and just the spacing of the offense would be so good for them. So I, I think that that would make them a legitimate threat in the West. But um, another one I think that would make sense is uh, for the Celtics to go out and get a big man, and I think uh, a guy like John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks makes a lot of sense for that. Um, he's had some frustration with the team lately. Um, and Trey Young in particular, he expressed some fr- frustration with him in a team film session about uh, shot selection and uh, other stuff like that. So I think he's frustrated with his uh, experience there. Uh, he also, you know, his minutes are down for the past two years because Clint Capella's in there now. Um, they have two big men playing. So uh, I think that he's not happy that his minutes are down. And obviously the Celtics need a big man, and I think John Collins can do that. He's a scorer. Uh, he rebounds, and he can stretch the floor with a shooting. So I think uh, that would make a lot of sense for a team like the Celtics because they need that scoring uh, from the big man spot. So I think that's a guy that uh, they should look after. Ooh, I, I like that a lot, Sean. Uh, I, I like Bradley Beal as, as well, Steve. I, I think like a team like the Bucks get that really solid number two who's that perimeter guy with Giannis would be would be really good. But for me, I, I think a, a guy like DeMar DeRozan uh, really struggled since he left the, the Raptors. He's not, like, doing a, as great things. I, I think him on, like, uh, Portland, add that third wing player to to uh, Lillard and McConnell, McCollum. You, you might have to give up uh, McCollum probably maybe to get that deal done, but that is the one thing they needed, they've been missing, is that one strong wing player. And I think that would elevate them to a, a legitimate contender and a legitimate threat in, in the uh, in the West because right now they, they're just at that middle of the road, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, first of all, you guys, I mean, it all had strong, strong trade candidates there. I really like that. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of gonna go two ways with this. I'm gonna start with a player, but then my next one's not gonna be so much, <laughs> so much. It's gonna be a little different. So I'll start with my player first. Uh, I'm gonna go with PJ Tucker. And you guys might not think, you know, PJ Tucker would be that important to a championship team, but I, I, I would disagree with that. I think PJ Tucker not only brings a certain attitude and a winning attitude to a team that would need it. And I th- he's obviously a great corner three shooter. He's a great defender. He's a good he's a good rebounder, especially for his size. He's an like basically. I think the the Rockets have him running the the five right now, which is ridiculous because he's six foot five. And um, I, I think he's just super adaptable. I think he obviously wants out of Houston. So, and a team I think that would make sense for him is is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I know they have Paul Millsap. But I think either one of P.J. Tucker or Paul Millsap coming off the bench would not be a bad addition for that Denver Nuggets team. I think they just need another another role player um, because they have plenty of star power in Denver. I'm not mad at that. I like that. Yeah. And then my, for my second one here, the Warriors have a 2021 first-round pick that is the Timberwolves pick. And for a Warriors team that obviously lacks star power right now, I think they can use that to maybe acquire a another star player, such as, like Steve Risser was saying, the Bradley Beals of the world. I think Bradley Beal would fit perfectly into Golden State. I think he'd be a great replacement for the moment for Clay Thompson. I think even with Clay Thompson there, you can have Thompson or Beal run the three and have Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, and Clay Thompson all out there at the same time. I, I just think that would work fantastically. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think another guy from that Wizards team, too, that they could try and target is uh, Davis Bertans. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He, he'd be a lot less cheaper, obviously, than Bradley Beal. But uh, I think he'd fit perfectly on that Warriors team. He, he's able to stretch forward the Warriors team, um, you know, like they already do in Golden State. But I, I think uh, that three-point shooting would really add a lot uh, to the offense. So I, I think that uh, that would make a lot of sense uh, with the Warriors pick that they have from the T-Wolves. All right, so that wraps up our first topic here. We're going to get into a game break, but first we're going to bring you guys a message from Clovercrest Media. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason, Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. All right. So we have some key matchups coming up this weekend. Uh, Tonight, actually, we have an NBA TV doubleheader. We have the Rockets and the Spurs. Obviously, the Rockets are looking very different these days. They have Victor Oladipo playing for them now. Um, and they take on the San Antonio Spurs. And the later game tonight, uh, 7.30, it's not that late, is the Raptors, who we've talked about their struggles on this show, and the Hornets, who obviously have one of the best up-and-coming stars in this league, um, LaMelo Ball. Uh, Sean, I want to I get your opinion. If, if, you know, which one of these two games are you, are you most looking forward to? Um, I would probably say the... Rockets and the Spurs. Um, these two teams that actually play have played each other in the last couple of days, just with the back-to-back scheduling. But uh, I, I want to see the Rockets again, um, especially if Victor Oladipo is in the mix this time. Um, I, I would be looking forward to seeing that game. The Spurs are actually a team that uh, in the West, uh, a lot of people aren't respecting a lot, but they're they're really not that bad. They have a lot of good young guards and uh, Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker and uh, Dejounte Murray, and also they have the veteran pieces with uh, Marcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. So I think they're a team that doesn't get a lot of credit in the West that could uh, easily, I think, slip into that seven or eight seed by the end of the year. And uh, obviously, we got to see what the Rockets do from here on out with uh, without Harden and uh, see how they work, how it works out in Houston. So uh, I'm definitely gonna uh, keep my eye on that game today. Steve. Um... Well, if you had to, if you had to choose one thing to look out for, I know Lamelo Ball's been balling out lately during this Raptors Hornets game. What would that be for you? Would you be looking for anything certain in this match, or is it just kind of non-exciting to you? To me, you know, it's pretty, pretty unfortunate. It's unfortunate, I got to say, is it's not exciting. I mean, the Raptors. I'm sorry, they made a huge mistake not resigning Kawhi, and, it's, and now it's catching up to them. I mean, they're just a team. Yakum, he's not a superstar. Lowry, we know he is a good player, not a superstar. The Raptors are just a team with no superstars. And even if they get in the playoffs this year, they're going to be winning. Them. The Hornets, I, I, I do like what the Hornets are building. I really like Lamelo Ball. I think he has potential to be a great player in this league. I mean, he's one of the youngest player to get a triple double. So I'm, I'm excited for Lamelo Ball. And I do think maybe the most exciting thing in this game is maybe the guard play of the Hornets. You know, uh, with Devonte Graham and obviously Gordon Hayward. You got Terry Rozier. So maybe the guard play of the Hornets. I think that's the, the most exciting thing to watch in this game. See, uh, hold on. I wanna I wanna piggyback off of you, Steve, talking about the Raptors, because it, it really it isn't Kawhi Leonard. Them resigning Kawhi Leonard's the problem. Because Siakam's pretty filled that hole pretty well. Their problem is letting go of a guy like Serge Ibaka. That's the big problem. Because 
Siakam's leading this team in rebounds right now, averaging 8.8. You can't win games like that. That's why they're struggling. You need a you need a double-digit rebounder to win games and control the glass. Yeah, but Chase, the bottom line is they're three and eight. They're three and eight. If Kawhi Leonard's on a team, they're not three and eight. Okay, that's the, that's that, that's the problem. They, yeah, they, they and he brings rebounding. Kawhi yeah, they were, they they were a championship team two years ago with Kawhi Leonard. Last year they overachieved, and we saw what happened in the playoffs. They lost the they played. We had a pretty good series against the Celtics. They lost the Celtics. But I'm sorry, it's it now not resigning a superstar player. It's catching up to him. This is a superstar. This is a superstar league. I'm sorry, and, and them not resigning Kawhi is starting to catch up to that team. There, there's no team Kawhi Leonard is on that would be this bad. I'm sorry. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is the from where they were a couple months ago in the bubble to now, the difference is Ibaka. The difference is being able to control the boards. And that's what they have not been able to do. You have a point, but you, you, you when you have a superstar like Kawhi, you need to resign him. That's the bottom line. Because the minute right, they didn't resign right. Kawhi Leonard, they were not a championship team anymore. They were the last year, even though they had a great record, they were not a championship contending team last year. Chase, you bring up the the rebounding aspect of of obviously the impact of losing Serge Ibaka. Someone I, I really thought that the Raptors should have looked more at this offseason in bringing in is Hassan Whiteside. I I think that he would have fit really well with them. And he's kind of just stagnant with the Kings right now. I don't think they're playing I think they're playing him eleven minutes a game. And we obviously saw what he did for Portland last year. He he looked just like he did when he first got to Miami. Um, I, I think Hassan Whiteside would have been a great, great addition for that team. You know, like you said, Jace, you need someone out there controlling the paint, getting rebounds, um, and defending well. Hassan Whiteside, like Serge Ibaka, is a very good defender in the in the paint. Um, I, I I don't. Here's my thing. I. I thought realistically, if the Raptors got past the Celtics last season, there was a good chance that they would get to their second straight NBA Finals. But at the same time, they didn't, and that's the reality of it. And like Steve said, you let a guy like Kawhi Leonard walk, and obviously maybe they just didn't have what the Clippers had, maybe money-wise and obviously attraction-wise. Who wouldn't want to live in Los Angeles, especially if you're from there? Um, I, I just think if they, if they, re, I, I agree with Steve. I think if they re-sign Kawhi, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because they, they'd still be top of the East and a very good championship contender. I get that. Yeah. This is just, a, this is a stars league. You can't, you can't let a guy who's a top five player in the NBA <laughs> walk like that and expect to be a championship team. That just doesn't happen. Everybody says, yeah, they were, they were good last year. They won one playoff series against the Nets team without Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. So, I mean, yeah, they were competitive against the Celtics, but in my opinion, even if they got past the Celtics, I don't think they were beating the Heat in the, in the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, they had some players playing out of their mind, too, like Norman Powell. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career, and then obviously Fred Van Vliet uh, had a great bubble. So I, those players aren't playing up to that standard. Obviously, they lose Ibaka, not just Ibaka, but Gasol in the offseason. So those are two big men that could shoot it, yeah, they could rebound, and they could defend. So obviously, the Raptors lose a lot, and not uh, re-signing Kawhi is going to uh, hurt them down the road for uh, a lot of years to come, I think. So moving on from that, tomorrow night, that is uh, Knicks versus Celtics. I guess it's not really nighttime. I guess it's more of a uh, afternoon special. It's a one o'clock start for that game, and then 
Later that night, there is the Pacers versus the Clippers. And the Pacers are a team I actually want to talk about. I want to get you guys' opinion on the Pacers and, and them bringing Karis LeVert. I, I mentioned on the show the other day to Sean that I could kind of see Karis LeVert blossoming in Indiana almost like um, James. Not, and don't take this the wrong way, not to the extent that James Harden did in Houston because obviously Karis LeVert is three years older than James Harden was when James Harden arrived in Houston. Um, but I could see Karis LeVert developing into an all-star in Indiana. I just want to get your guys' opinion on that. I know I talked to Sean about it, so Steve, I want to start with you. I like Karis LeVert a lot. I mean, averaging 18 points a game. He was really good for the Nets last year, too, when they when they got into the playoffs. Uh, if you look at this Indiana team, this is, this is, this is I, in my opinion, I think this is a top four. Even even now that they've traded all the depot, I think this is a top four, uh, top five team in the Eastern Conference with, with, with Sabonis, with uh, ha- having a guy like Sabonis, too. Uh, I think this Indiana team is really good, and I think that, yeah, they might not be a championship contender, but this is an Indiana team that has, that has potential to win a playoff series. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, you can go, Jay. No, no, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Levert can do because I've I've loved Levert ever since he was at Michigan. Uh, I I think he does have a little bit. He's shown glimpses of that star quality with some big shots at his time in Brooklyn. But uh, I I do really like this Pacers team. I like them from top to bottom. They remind me a, a lot of last year's uh Ra- raptors i mean they, they have a solid back uh front back court with lavert now and brogdon and then that front court with sabonis and i i love miles turner them being able to uh command the boards and miles turner being able to uh get get the shot blocks and be, be that force on both set, sides in the paint i i like it a lot i i i agree with steve that they're in the middle of the pack in the east they, 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 I think they have the talent to to up their way, to get their way up there, but I, I don't see them being a championship contender. Do you agree, Sean? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I still don't see them as a championship contender, but um, I think the most people usually see the Pacers as a team that's usually one and done every year. They usually make it to the playoffs every year, but don't go too far. Um, I think this is the year where they can start to change that around and actually start to make a run for themselves. Cause the way, uh, like you guys said, the way that the, they're playing right now, Sabonis is one of the better big men in the league. He's a tremendous passer. Um, and he does it obviously scoring wise. And then Brogdon, he, he deserves a lot of respect right now. He's uh, playing at an all-star level. Absolutely. He's uh, at a career high in points. Um, Obviously, he's a great facilitator. He doesn't turn the ball over that much, and he's a good defender. And then you got guys off the bench um, like Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday, the brothers, that give you the spark. So uh, they're they're super deep, um, you know, one through ten. I think that they're uh, a team that uh, people should definitely watch out for in the East. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt that this Pacers team is gonna gonna make the playoffs. And I, I think, like you said, Sean, they can maybe finally break that that curse of the one and done, you know, first round and out uh, deal kind of there. And getting that playoff experience is important for these young guys, especially if, if the way I see it, Karis Levert's going to blossom into their, their superstar player. So I think getting the playoff experience now is key. And for that Pacers team, it's just looking, the future's just looking bright for them. Um, so tomorrow we move on. <sighs> or it's not tomorrow, Monday night, we move on Bucks versus Nets. That might be the first 
time we see the big I'm, three? I'm pretty sure it's going to be the first time. And they, and they got to okay. have to be the first time. When you're playing Giannis, you got to have the big three play Giannis. That'd be great. That's going to be so great to have that be the first game of, of Harden's yeah. career with the Nets. So hopefully that'll be the first time. Obviously, we don't know with, with Kyrie Irving what goes on inside that man's mind is a mystery to all of us. Um, that should be a great game. Uh, Warriors and Lakers later that night also on TNT, but we'll circle back to that Bucks nets game. Um, Sean, I, I want to start with you. Do you think that this Nets big three is going to just click right away, or do you think it's going to take time and you think they might lose this game uh, and maybe look pretty bad? Yeah, um, I, I think it's definitely going to take some time. Um, they're just going to have to figure out, you know, how the offense works. Uh, you know, who's going to be touching the ball at all times, and uh, how they're going to, you know, work working with each other. But I don't think it's going to be a super smooth transition right off the bat. Um, obviously these guys are ball dominant. They used to touching the ball a lot, so um, I don't think off the bat it'll be too great. But I think these guys will work it out. Um, I don't know how the dynamic between Harden and Kyrie will work because they're the, usually the two main ball handlers. But I think uh, it, it'll work out with KD because he he's a shooter. Uh, you know, he's going to space the floor um, and he knows how to play offense. He knows how to work with James Harden and, and players like that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes on the first night. But I, I think it's going to be a slow start. But obviously, these are all three professional scorers. They're three great offensive players and they, they have a good offensive mind coaching them with Steve Nash. So I think that eventually they're going to figure out. But I think it'll be a uh, slow to start out. Um, I don't know how you see it happening, though, Steve. Yeah, number one, who cares they win Monday night? It doesn't matter. But I think it's going to take time for, for them, obviously. But eventually, I think they're going to end up being the best team in the East. And I think now Giannis is going to now regret, you know, signing that signing that contract with the Bucks because if you draft, you know, if you if you go into the draft with these five players, Giannis, KD, Harden, Kyrie, and Middleton, Middleton's definitely getting, getting drafted fifth. That's, I mean, Middleton, out of all those guys, Middleton's getting, dra getting drafted fifth, and he's the second best player on the Bucks. When you got, you look at the Nets, they got Kyrie Irving. If his head is screwed on straight, he's the, he's he's their third best player. So if they get into a playoff series, I definitely think the Nets are going to beat him. And I think, you know, and it's going to be another year where the Bucks have a great record. They very easily could end up being the number one seed again and not reach the NBA Finals. And I just don't know why at this. I think now. Giannis is going to regret, you know, you know, signing a new contract. I think that he's going to regret it because you look at now you're going to have now he's going to have to get past the Nets. So that's going to be very very difficult to do if they can keep these three guys together. I, I get that. I, I think you if the, this is the first game we see the big three, uh, I, I think they're going to struggle. I think the big three, them all three together. I, I think Kyrie's going to be the X factor. And I think Kyrie's going to be the main problem there. If, if you can get a game with just, if you can get a couple games with Durant and Harden, I think they can rekindle their chemistry and find some success. Their, their chemistry from the OKC days. But um, it, yeah, it, I think Kyrie is going to be the real X factor here. The way he, I mean, you never know what's going on in his head. You never know what he's going to do, how he feels about things. So if he can let lessen the load and understand, all right, I, I got to figure out a way to play with these two people because they know how to play together um, and try and like fit himself into that role, they're going to find success. But if not, uh, I think there are going to be some growing pains. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think this could be 
a slow start for these guys here in Brooklyn. Um, like someone, I, I forget who was saying it, but they're both Kyrie Irving and James Harden are both two ball dominant players. So it'll be certainly adjust an adjustment for them to make um, going into this kind of new, new chemistry, new team kind of thing. Um, but speaking of James Harden, we'll, we'll go back to his old team, the Houston Rockets. Have a new look. Uh, obviously, Harden's out. That's a big load off of their shoulders, guys. They have they have John Wall. They have Demarcus Cousins. They they still have PJ Tucker for the moment. They have some some nice little role players. Obviously, Victor Oladipo. Um, my question is: Do they push for the playoffs, or is there just no point? Do they should they just sell what they have, sell it high, and get some draft capital and build for the future? Uh, we'll go to Steve. We'll go to you first. They absolutely should should sell high and, and attain draft capital. There's no way they should be pushing for the playoffs. This team right now is rebuilding. I know they have John Wall and Victor Oladipo, but I'm sorry, in the Western Conference, they're not they're not higher than seven. They're the, the best they are is, is probably the number seven seed, and and that what that gets you is losing in five games to the Clippers. So I I I, I think this team needs to needs to rebuild. Uh, this is not a championship roster. And I know that they probably will make a push for the playoffs, but they absolutely shouldn't. They need to rebuild, retool, and I know they might not be good for the next, you know, three to uh, two to three years. But that's the way you rebuild your team in the NBA. This is just not a championship roster, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm actually I'm going to disagree with uh, Steve on this one. Um, I I understand your point, and it does make sense. But um, I, I think they just have to see what they have first. Um, I think they still have to incorporate Victor Oladipo in the mix to see how the team is working. Uh, once they incorporate him, and I think they have a lot of good players who are gonna you know have their roles stepped up with Harden out of the mix. I think Christian Wood has been a great player for them this year. He's been one of the better big men in the league after being signed from Detroit uh, in the offseason. But he's averaging 23-10. and 10. He's giving you two blocks a night, too, and he's shooting 53 from the field. So I think uh, you got to give him a little more exposure in the, the Houston offense, especially with a guy like Harden gone. So I think he'll, his shots will go up. So I, th- I think the offense will only get better from it. But uh, like I said, I think you gotta you got to include Oladipo in the mix. Um, you got to get guys like John Wall and Boogie Cousins uh, you know, really starting to get their feet wet in the system um, because they, they've been off of basketball for a couple of years, obviously, with their injuries. So I, I think that they have the talent to make a push for the playoffs. Obviously, still, I think they have a chance at maybe pushing for uh, a four or five spot if, if they start winning games here. They Obviously, they need a good stretch um, out of the gate once uh, they get Aladipo in the mix. But um, I, I think that the Rockets uh, should try and make a push with what they have because I, I think that they have the talent to um, at least, you know, make a push and maybe even win a playoff game in the Western Conference. Um, I don't know how uh, you see it happening, though, Jace, uh, for Houston. Uh, see, I mean, if this was the East, I'd say, yeah, the, you're, you you have a potential to be the fourth best team uh, in the East probably with this roster they have now. So make the playoff push. Right now, uh, th- no, I, I think you, you sell. I mean, if you look at a team like – shout out to my boy uh, Chris Pilbin, my boy. He's a Thunder fan. Look, look at what they've done. They're getting all these assets, getting guys out, collecting all these assets. They're setting up for the future, and they have a very, very bright future. I mean, you, you see glimpses from guys like Shea Gildress Alexander there. But if, if the Rockets can – emulate what what the thunder is doing right now they could set themselves up for a lot of success uh in the future and i i think that's what they need to do um because this uh big three wall i love oladipo wall and cousins 
the, the, that, uh, like Steve said, that's a no, no higher than seventh in the in the West right now. Yeah, so I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna take both roads here. Like Sean said, I think it would be be good for the players to try and make a playoff push, but um, like Steve said, the smarter thing to do would be to sell what you have for as much draft capital as you can attain. And obviously, I don't think that's something that they will do. I think that that's something they should they should look into. And but I think that that the players they have on their team, Oladipo, John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, uh, I don't think they're the type to just sit back and you know let their team ship them out. I mean, they went there for a reason. Uh, John Wall obviously came via trade, but Christian Wood and um, oh boy, uh, Demarcus Cousins obviously chose to sign with them. So. They, they saw something there. They already knew of the impending James Harden drama. Uh, like you saw DeMarcus Cousins say the other day, um, he came to play with John Wall. He didn't come to play with James Harden. So I think from Sean's perspective, yes, they should make a playoff push, or at least for the players' sake and everything like that. They should try and push for the playoffs. But um, realistically, I think that they should just try to obtain as many draft picks as they can. Um, uh, yeah, I was just going to say one more thing. I I just think it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for the Rockets. They just made a huge trade, obviously the biggest trade that we, we've seen uh, in the offseason, or excuse me, not in the offseason, but uh, uh, during the season. And I, I think it's going to be the biggest trade of the offseason, but they just gained so many uh, draft picks and a bunch of draft capital, and they, they just made a huge trade. I don't know why they would be willing to do that um, right again, right after they got Victor Aladipo. So that's why... I think it makes sense that they want to see what they have there first before they start and um, make any moves. So I, I could see maybe some minor moves happening um, later in the season if they really want to do that. But I don't see them doing a whole teardown and rebuild uh, in the middle of the season after already doing our, a huge trade um, earlier in the season. So that's that's the only reason. I, I just don't think it, it would make sense for the Rockets uh, to do it at this point. Yes, I, I guess only only time will tell for that. Um, we're going to get into our weekly Saturday top 10 reel here. Just a moment. We're going to bring you guys another message from our, our, uh, our very own Clovercrest media. The cross and wrestling entertainment podcast presented by Clovercrest media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon, Eastern standard time. Stay cross Number 10. Here we go. Uh, we got Pelicans Clippers from last night. Oh, I love Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. That's a mean Euro step. Mm. Number 9. Got some action from Mavs Hornets. Luca. Oh, Luca. Luca. That guy is athletic. And then look at that. Oh, Lob pass. Guy's amazing. Turn the defense into offense. Yep. Number eight, got a game here between the Pistons and the Bucks. Let's be honest. If you bite on a Giannis three point fake, it's kind oh, of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what we got here? 
Oh, taking a play. Rosen. Throw back to Lamar. Too bad he can't shoot threes, but that's a nice play there. <laughs> oh. Lamelo. Oh, get that. I thought I thought a Lamelo highlight was coming up, but I guess not. Boucher says no. Oh, that was nice. That's what I'm talking about. Them young spurs. Power. Keldon Johnson. Oh, what we got here. Oh, the Joker. Oh, I was watching this. Oh, that that looks too easy. Like, that doesn't even look – he just looks – that's ridiculous. Oh. My man, Julius Randle. (laughs) He's been falling out this year. Oh, yeah. He's had a a really good year so far. All credit to him. Feels good to know that Andre – I've been dunked on by Andre Drummond before. (laughs) Good to see someone else dunk on him. Ooh. I love how when Zay was creating this, he put in the notes, Air LeBron. <laughs> Still got it. Number one. Last night. Oh. Going on. Like, that looks too the double easy. Clutch. He's that oh. big, and that looks way too easy. That's absurd. I mean, to be that athletic is kind of ridiculous. I mean <laughs> – that's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously thank you to Isaiah who can't be with us on Saturdays, but he still puts in the hard work and makes us that top ten reel to go go here on the show. So, mm-hmm. all your hard work's appreciated, Isaiah. Um, thank Shout you for that. that. Right. So thank you for that, and that'll bring us into our final topic of the day. Kind of wanted to do something fun, you know. Uh, talk. We're talking a lot about coronavirus issues all these serious issues james harden drama all all that kind of crap i wanted to kind of do something funny see to see people do this uh from time to time if you had uh an entire draft pool of players under 25 and you had to pick just one to start a franchise with today this very moment who would you pick and why would you pick them uh let's start i want to start with jakes here you want to start with me? Uh, I, 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 I'm going to do – every year for the past couple years, I've picked the same guy to win MVP. I know Steve is a big advocate for you cannot win a championship if your play, best player's a center. I disagree. I'm going to Joker, Nikolai Jokic, because he's not just a center. He's a point center. Leading the league in assists right now as a center. First person to do that since Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, he can stretch the floor. He does everything, plus he's seven feet tall. What, what more can you ask for? No, that's a great pick, Jace. Um, obviously, like you said, Steve from time to time says that you can't win a team or a championship when your best player is a center, but he's the first ever, at least – from what I've seen basketball-wise, the first ever point center, um, at least that our game has had. So yeah, he- I, 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 could, I could make an exception with Jokic. He's <laughs> the only center I make an exception with is Jokic. Oh, boy. Sean, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, I think he would be my number one answer here. Um, obviously, he's a big physical point guard um, who's also a, a gifted passer, one of the best passers in the league, and uh, he can create shots um, – like with some of the best, I mean, he some of his uh, his footwork and 
just some of his moves in the paint. Uh, they're just so so great to see. He he's just so gifted with the ball. Um, and obviously he gives you rebounding from the guard position. And um, he already runs an offense like uh like one of the best players in the NBA. So just offensively, he, he's so talented, so gifted. Um, he gives you so much, and he he's only going to continue to get better. Um, obviously, yeah, I think once he gets the uh, to the prime of his career, he'll probably be averaging a triple-double um, every year, scoring 30 points. So I, I think he's just such a gifted player. Um, I think that if uh, I was a GM right now in the NBA, that's definitely a player um, that, I, that I would want to start my team with. And um, he's got some slight weaknesses. Uh, his three-point shot isn't great, and his, his defense isn't great. But I think those are only going to continue to get better uh, with his experience in the NBA. So uh, that's that's who I would go with. Um Steve, if you were GM, though, who who's your under twenty five guy that you uh, you'd like to go I, with? Obviously, number one would be Luca, but you explained why and we, why you would take Luca. But I'll, I'll I'll go with my guy. I would take second. That'd be Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is just phenomenal. I mean, the way he can penetrate to the basket, the way he can shoot threes, and the what he did last year in the playoffs for the Jazz, he carried them in that series. I know they lost that series to the Nuggets, but he carried them in that series, trading off. 50-point games with with uh, with Jamal Murray. He was outstanding for the Jazz in that series. So I would take Luka number one, but number two, I would go Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, so I'm going to make a little bit of a surprise pick here, at least for myself. Um, I, I don't like this team, the team that this guy plays for very much, but uh, I do have to recognize talent where, where talent is, obviously, and I would pick <laughs> Mr. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, I think if he had full reins to a team. Obviously, you know, he has Jalen Brown there, who's another phenomenal scorer. I think Jason Tatum can average 30 points a game in this league easily. He's such oh, yeah. a cre- yeah, he's such a creative scorer. He's a great defender. He's he's just, you know, he's like <clears throat> he's a perfect all-around player. And you know what? He should be playing for the Sixers. But we <laughs> but we took Markel Fultz, and that's a story for another day. But I would pick Mr. Jason Tatum. I think he's a phenomenal player. I love to hate on him because I hate the Celtics. But like I said, the talent's there. I'm answering a, and I'm answering a question honestly. I'll pick Mr. Jason Tatum. Um, did anyone else have any uh, closing remarks here before we wrap the show up? Um, I think we covered it all, man. Yeah, looks like we had a great show today. I think we did. We had some fun here at the end. I like that that little segment we did. Um, this has been the Posting Up podcast here on Clovercrest Media. Thank you to Steve Risser for filling in for Isaiah. As always, Jason, Sean, thank you very much. And we will see everyone Tuesday at 5 p.m.